Well, good morning. What a joy to come back to Cedar Mill and see all of you and share God's words with you. Uh, before I begin, I just want to say thank you to Cedar Mill for your active partnership in the gospel in North India. For the last uh, 11, 12 years, you have been partnering with us, and we are very, very grateful to you. Thank you. We were blessed to have Pastor Palmer uh, last November, along with uh, Dave and Barky, we call him. In fact, uh, I, we owe a special gratitude to Dave Bar- David Barksdale. Uh, it is through David that we met Siramal. Uh, David was a classmate of our older son in Caltech a number of years ago. And it is through that connection we became uh, familiar with Cedar Mill and eventually became partners with you in the gospel. So thank you to Cedar Mill. And we're looking forward to Pastor Palmer coming back to India next time with his wife. <laughs> so thank you so much. What a joy. You have been learning the stories from the Old Testament during the last few weeks. You learned the stories uh, of Cain and Abel, Joshua, Elijah, Daniel and Esther. And uh, today you're going to hear the story of George and Leela. Uh, George and Leela are not in the Bible, but they are part of the church. Just like God spoke to Joshua and others in the Bible, even today God speaks to people. Do you know that? God speaks to people, God calls them. You heard the story of Amy just now, how God called her to do a particular ministry with little girls. And so I'm asked today to share our story with you. And I hope uh, you will listen and I hope the story will bless you. Uh, We, our story is a call to disciple people, to make disciples in North India. In Matthew chapter 28, 19, we hear, we read the words of our Lord Jesus through which he commanded all of us, his disciples, to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's the call that the Lord gave us a number of years ago. And that's the story I'd like to tell you today. So our mission is make disciples. And uh, you have been uh, seeing the uh, overhead Questions and answers before you came in. And, and in, in that, the question was asked, how many are we supposed to disciple? How many nations we are supposed to disciple? We are supposed to disciple all nations. And the particular call with which God called us is to the mission field of India, which is my native country, my wife's native country. By the way, my wife is here. Would you just stand for a moment? Uh, I hope uh, it's a country of nearly 1.25 billion people. Second largest country in the world. Which is the largest country in the world, children? China. Soon India will become the largest country. Did you know that? It is going to happen very soon. And it is to that country that the Lord called us. And in that country... We have 4,693 nations. 
Now we today use the word nation with the meaning of country. When we talk about United Nations, it's all the countries of the world coming together. When we talk about the nation of Canada, or the nation of the United States, or nation of Mexico, we mean country. But in the Bible, the word nation is used with a different meaning. I think all of you know it, but just let me remind you, when Bible was originally translated into English, uh, nations did mean what it means in the Bible. By the way, all of you know when Bible was translated into English? Well, I thought Paul carried King James Bible. <laughs> I actually have met people who think Paul carried King James Bible. I'm sorry, no. King James Bible is only about 400 years old. Bible was translated into English only for the first time in the 13th century. And at that time, the word nation was used in the Bible because it did not mean country in those days. In those days, there was a distinct word for country. And if you think hard enough, you'll remember it, what it is. Anybody can guess what was the word for country? It was kingdom. Brother David is smart. He figured it out. By the way, we want to say special thanks to Brother David and his lovely wife for hosting us. Uh, they have been friends for the last number of years, and they love India. Their daughter has committed her life for India and her husband. So nations meant what Bible meant. And what does that mean? It's easily understood if we will just go to the original and look at the word in the New Testament, the word that is translated nation. And that is the word ethna. Ethna is plural, ethnos is singular in Koine Greek. And ethna, what does ethna mean? Ethnic groups. The word ethnic group comes directly out of that New Testament word, ethnic group. So nation actually means ethnic group. So Jesus was telling us, go and make disciples of all ethnic groups. God loves all ethnic groups. Anybody know how many ethnic groups are there in the world? Approximately, round figure, anybody know? What if I say 22,000? Yeah. And I'll tell you something about every single one of those ethnic groups. Every single one of them think they are the best. (laughs) There's nothing wrong in it. Oh, don't you tell me, don't you tell me you don't think that about your ethnic group. You do. That's a fact. That's how we are. But Jesus thinks that every single one of them is best. Every single one is. He died for all of them and so he gave us this commandment to go make disciples of all nations, all ethnic groups. And my country of India is home to 4,693 of them. Can you believe that? And my country of India is home to the largest number of unreached people group in the world. This particular picture I'm showing is of an ethnic group about which Sidermill is particularly interested, called the Gadwali people. That's the region in which our seminary is. We are in Gadwal. And there are a number of ethnic groups in this region uh, that are still unreached with the gospel. And we are grateful for your interest. Let me go on. I have to go quickly. Uh, India is home to hundreds of languages, 416 languages. 
of which over hundreds still don't have even one page of the Bible translated into them. I hope you're listening to me. I hope you're understanding me. I hope it breaks your heart to hear that there are languages in the world today that still don't have even John 3.16 translated into them. I hope you care about them. Because Jesus loves every one of them. And many of these nations in India are still unevangelized. And that's the call with which the Lord called us. Most of these unreached nations are in what is called North India, where we are now, dominated by Hinduism and Islam. And Christians in India are a tiny minority, largely confined to the South and the Northeast. My wife and I, George and Leela, I know our last name is difficult and I really appreciate it, what the brothers did with my last name. I, I can tell you a lot of stories about my last name. When I was an executive uh, with World Vision in Southern California, a lot of people called me Mr. Alphabet. <laughs> and people who didn't want to do that called me Mr. C. And Chav, I mean all kinds of... In fact, uh, Barky's friend, our older son, uh, who eventually became a medical doctor uh, when he was practicing medicine, studying in medical college, nobody could pronounce his last name. So he took my middle name as his last name, which is not the easiest name, but it is comparatively a little shorter. So he is now known as Dr. Kuruvala. A little better than. <laughs> uh, so I appreciated what those brothers did. My wife and I, we were born in uh, southern India, where we believe St. Thomas. All of you know St. Thomas? We usually call him Doubting Thomas. I think that is very unjust because all the disciples doubted. Thomas was bold enough to speak his doubt, that's all. And, and so we believe he came and baptized our great-great-great-great-grandparents. And uh, we have had the privilege of growing up in a Christian environment. And from there, uh, it's the Lord called us. And he gave us a vision to train Indian national Christians to preach the gospel and plant churches. Because no longer India allows foreign missionaries. When Pastor Carl came to India, he had to come as a tourist. And when he was applying for visa, I made sure that he didn't say anything about preaching. Because he had said anything about preaching or gospel, he would not have gotten the visa. So India no longer allows foreign missionaries, and therefore the strategy that the Lord gave us, the vision the Lord gave us, is to train nationals. And today, by God's grace, thousands of nationals in India are coming to faith, and many of them need to be trained to preach the gospel. We had many hindrances to begin with. Whenever the Lord calls you, don't expect it to be easy. Uh, ask Amy, I'm sure she will tell you. It was not easy for her to start what she is doing today. And any of the missionaries, and I hope many of you will come to hear us for lunch. All of us will say the same thing. Call comes, things are difficult, but call always comes with promise in God's word. And one promise God gave us very clearly was this. Promise that's found in Genesis 22:14. The words that God spoke to Abraham long time ago. Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? The Lord shall provide. The Lord shall provide because wherever he calls you, he will provide. And we began to see 
Amazing miracles once we stepped out in faith. If you have a call on your life, and I may be speaking to somebody here today, step out in faith. And once you step out in faith, God will begin to do amazing things for us. When the Lord asked me to resign my job in Southern California, it was hard. I know how difficult it is in India to go back to India. It's not easy. I knew that. But I knew my God is faithful. He always keeps his word. You can trust him. And looking back now, this 26 or 27, 28 years, I can tell you, I would have been a fool if I did not obey. I would have been a fool if I did not follow the call. Because God has been so gracious. He has blessed us so much. One of the miracles that happened was through the hands of a young architect in Los Angeles. His name is Carl Mantle. I wish I could tell his story. It will take me too long and our lunch will all get cold. So I won't tell you this. If you're interested, come to me. I'll tell you that in privately. God spoke through his hands. He's a, he's from Austria, a non-practicing Catholic who came and started attending our church in Los Angeles, eventually came to the Lord and God spoke to him. Even before I went to India, God gave him a vision of the land that God had for us in India. And he made, literally, physically made, an architect's model, which is what you're seeing. And when later on I went, series of miracles, the Lord miraculously provided. I wish I had a better picture of the land. It was taken so long ago in a pure camera. But poor camera, not pure, poor camera. <laughs> I showed it, uh, I showed it to Pastor Carl and told the story of how God spoke and the w- words were fulfilled of what, uh, Carl Mantle gave, uh, spoke. And in 1987, we broke grounds to build a college and slowly God provided miraculously. Again, there's so many miracles I don't have time to tell you. God spoke to so many people around the world and miraculously provided resources. We were able to build the buildings and eventually a beautiful campus came up at the foothills of the beautiful mountains, Himalaya mountains, the tallest mountains in the world. And it was dedicated on April the 15, 1989 by my former boss, the president of World Vision and a very good friend, Pastor Orville Taylor. And classes began with 22 students, just 22 students. Our faith was small. We didn't. We knew the need was great, but God began to just send in students. We couldn't say no. And as a result, we had to expand the campus again and again and again. Numerous new buildings had to be built. And we are so grateful to God's people around the world who helped. And now it has become the largest theological seminary in North India. Fully accredited, largest theological seminary, Bible-believing theological seminary in North India. All glory to God. Hallelujah. And uh, you'll see some pictures of the campus, various pictures of the campus, um, the beautiful mountains. And But the purpose, what is the purpose? The purpose is discipling, discipling all... Nations. Don't forget, that's the call. That's the call we have. All of us, every Christian, 
make disciples of all nations. And what does nation mean? Ethnic group. Do you know there are ethnic groups now in Portland that don't have disciples among them? Do you know that? Ethnic groups are coming to America. So missions is no longer out in India. Missions is right here. You are to be a missionary. You, if you, are, if you know Jesus, you are to be a missionary. A man of God once said it like that. Either you are a missionary or you need one. <laughs> which group do you belong to today? Which, do, which group do you belong to today? I think you are a missionary, that's why you are in church today. In case there is one here who doesn't know the Lord, my brother, my sister, don't go out of this building without opening your heart to the Lord. Because He loves you. He loves you. But if you are a missionary, then you have a responsibility to share it. Don't wait to go to India, to Africa. Start it here. This year we had 84 graduates from the seminary. But seminary is only one place of our training. We have a number of satellite training centers. One of which is supported fully by Cedar Mill. And Pastor Carl had the opportunity to go to that place and meet some of our graduates in that area. Who are working in Gadwal. Taking the gospel for the first time to a number of people groups who have not had the gospel. And we are grateful to Cedar Mill. Thank you so much. And our graduates are now planted hundreds of churches. A number of them in people among people groups that did not have a church before. Our churches are not as fancy as yours. We don't have carpets. We don't have pews. But we have people worshipping the Lord together. Low caste and high caste. Do you know that word? Low caste and high caste. You know, I often hear, encounter people here in America who say, oh, all religions are the same. As long as you're sincere, it doesn't really matter. All the religions are teaching the same thing. Well, I very humbly beg to differ with you, my brother, if you're one of those. Sister, if you're one of those. I grew up among Hindus. I know Hinduism very well. I have a degree in Hinduism. Hinduism does not teach what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that every human being is made in God's image. Whether you're male or female, the Bible teaches you are made in God's image and that God loves you. That's the fundamental teaching of the Bible. Basic teaching of the Bible. But what is the basic teaching of Hinduism? God created people into five different groups. That's the basic teaching of Hinduism. It's not some extreme Hindu's belief. It's in the most sacred text of Hinduism that God made people into five different groups because they came from five different parts of God. Well, actually, one group didn't even come from any part of God, but one group came from God's mouth, so they are high caste. By the way, cow also came from God's mouth. That's why in India, cow is holy. Holy cow is not a joke in India. It's a reality. It's a reality. Because it came from God's mouth. I don't have time to give you an elaborate lesson very quickly. And then he created some people out of his hands. And because they were created out of his hand, they are rulers, they are kings, they are princes. Anyone cannot become a prince or princess in Hinduism. Only if you came from God's hand. Then some were created out of his belly and out of his thigh. 
And if you came out of his belly or your thigh, by now you are beginning to be low caste. You deal with what goes in your belly, which is merchants and farmers. Then he created some out of his feet. By now, you are talking about the lowest caste. And then he created some from outside of his body. They didn't even come from his feet. And because they came from outside of his body, they are called the untouchables. 300 million of my brothers and sisters in India are called untouchables. 300 million. They cannot enter into most Hindu temples, even though they are Hindus. Don't tell me all religions are the same. You're intellectually dishonest when you say that. Or you're ignorant. One of the two. But gospel, my Bible says, every human being is created in his image. I know there are racist Christians. I know there are Ku Klux Klan and such garbage. I know that. But that's not biblical. That's unbiblical. In fact, I always tell people, if you're a racist, please don't go to heaven. You won't like it there. I'm not joking, I'm telling the truth. Because my Bible says, one day, when we stand before the throne room of the Lamb, there will be people from every language, every ethna. In fact, the word used there is the word ethna. There. Because my Jesus loves every human being. He died for every human being. And as Christians, it's our responsibility to love people. If you don't love people, you cannot love God. Did you hear me? If you don't love people, you cannot love God. That's not George's opinion. That is biblical declaration. So, as a believer, it is our responsibility. And by God's grace, and with the help of God's people like you, we have been able to reach a number of people groups and plant churches. I have had the privilege of baptizing so many different ethnic groups. And I consider it is one of the greatest experiences in my ministry. Let me go on quickly. Not only were we able to establish churches, we have been able to establish a number of schools, particularly for the untouchable children. Even though according to the Constitution of India, every Indian is equal. By the way, the Constitution of India is a direct contradiction of Hinduism. A direct contradiction of Hinduism. Because the constitution of India says every Indian is equal. I don't have time to go there. Let me go on. You, you research it on your own and find that out. We have been able to start a number of schools. In fact, we have now 10 schools through which we are reaching out to hundreds and hundreds of untouchable and other children. Not only un- un- untouchable, but others also. And we are also, you'll see some of the pictures of the schools. And we are also reaching out to a number of children through our children's homes. Uh, Many of the children's homes are exclusively for believers' children because many of our believers live in areas where there is no access to good education. And so we bring those children into these homes because education is the key uh, for escaping from poverty that grips so many children desperately in India. So these children's homes serve us uh, a means of educating these children. We are able to do all these things because of partnership of believers and churches like Cedar Mill. 
We are very grateful to you for your partnership and we pray that the Lord will bless you and reward you. If, if, if Cedar Mill is not your home church and would like to help us, please see us in the foyer, take a piece of literature or go to our webpage, which is goodnewsforindia.org. But if Cedar Mill is your home church, the church is helping and you do take part in the mission offering here, I pray. The most important thing you can do for us is pray for us. And we have bought a few tools to help you to remember to pray for us. Because the fact is, when you walk out of here, you will forget me, forget my wife, because we are all busy people. But if you will take a bookmark and put it in your Bible, or put it on your refrigerator door, or both places, or wherever you go most often, then you will remember to pray for us. Please do pray for us. Take this. We have a few copies of this newsletter. This is uh, the uh, newsletter that came out of our graduation this batch. You saw the picture of the 84 graduates. 30% of this year's graduates, listen to it. 30% of this year's graduates are first generation Hindus, Muslims, or Sikhs. I, I, I really want you to hear me that. That shows the church in India is growing. And I have featured, we have featured three graduates in this story. I hope you will take this and read it. The first young lady is from an Orthodox Sikh family, Kulbir. By the way, she's a first generation believer from an Orthodox Sikh family, but she stood first in Bible knowledge, beating all pastor's children. Because we have a number of pastor's children also in the graduating class. But Kulbi stood first in Bible knowledge. And then there is Shravan from a high caste Hindu family. And then there is Vandana who is an untouchable. Girl from an untouchable family. I hope you will take this and read it and pass it along to your friends. So you will know that the Lord is doing some amazing things in India. We have a few copies of our yearbook if you are really interested in the college. Please do take, you will enjoy it going through, seeing pictures, reading the articles by our students. But above all, thank you for praying. India needs your prayers. The changing political environment in India is making it harder for us. We have a new government in power, headed by a very orthodox militant Hindu. Pray for us. We know the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus. Therefore, the church in India must grow, must grow. And it can do it only if you pray and if you give. Thank you for listening to us. God bless you.